1: Before we dive into this episode of the storyteller, Naked Villainy, a warning, this is a real-life murder trial and listener discretion is advised. The first witness has been revoiced by myself upon their request. For bonus episodes and exclusive content, head to the Patreon. Now, let's begin. Previously on the storyteller, Naked Villainy. The defence challenges one of the strongest witnesses yet.
0: This comment is just a comment you added in, it never having been said by Brenda Page.
2: No, you're wrong. She said it.
1: Kit Harrison's friend reveals a threat he made a day or two before Brenda was murdered.
2: He said he was going to kill her.
1: And a battle of words over a police statement.
2: It's just
0: absolute nonsense. The idea that he phoned up made that threat.
1: No, it's absolutely true. It's taken 45 years to bring a killer to court. And for the first time in UK history, you'll hear the full murder trial and witness justice being done. It was a brutal murder of a brilliant woman who was a rising star in genetic research.
0: It would now be almost like a script from Morse. The investigators swarming over the, the dreaming spires of university land.
3: There was kind of palpable feeling of evil in the air. I was told it was just a massive blood in here.
1: Two decades on from confronting evil. So did you kill your ex-wife Brenda Page? Evil is being confronted by the law. Did you kill it? No. She knew it was coming. He said he was going to kill her. If he killed her, he would do it so that nobody would know. Will his true nature be unmasked? Are you familiar with the tale of Dr Jekyll and Mr Hyde? And can Brenda's own words help secure her killer's fate? A letter of a death foretold. This is the storyteller, naked villainy, Written, produced and edited by me, Isla Traquair. It's day three of the trial, and little did I know when I arrived that morning that there'd be 13 witnesses in the stand. In this episode, you're going to hear evidence from two women who met Brenda professionally and developed friendships with her outside of work, a common pattern in her life. But before we get into the evidence, I'm going to let you hear some of the documentary interview I did with Brenda's former boss, the late Professor Forbes Robertson, who was Head of Genetics at Aberdeen University, to give you an insight into how her colleagues and friends felt following her murder. Feelings of loss and grief don't form part of evidence in court. I began by asking him how he felt upon learning of her murder. Feeling of utter shock, horror. I've
3: never, uh, I can't think of any incident in my life. It gave me a greater shock and horror.
1: What was the reaction by her colleagues?
3: Well, similar to mine. Um, everyone was in a, a state of almost disbelief. There was, for a few days at least, there was kind of palpable feeling of evil in the air. It was a, a strange experience. And uh, many of the you know, young young women who were working with them lab were most distressed, found it difficult to sleep at night, getting nightmares and so on. So I had to go around and try and calm things down a bit because the work of the laboratory had to continue. But it was a, a very stressful period.
1: Did any of her colleagues feel um, scared at that point because she'd been killed in such an awful yes,
3: manner? Yes, uh, uh, a number of the her um, you know, junior colleagues um, were apprehensive as to whether they might be at some risk and that was one of the reasons why I had to try and calm them on that score.
1: Obviously after her death it emerged in the papers that she had worked as part-time as an escort girl, did that news come as a shock to you?
3: Yes, it came uh, certainly as a shock to me for a simple reason I didn't know that escort agencies even existed in Aberdeen. However, I pursued the matter further and discussed it with her colleagues, and it turned out that uh, they all knew about it, that it was a purely innocuous device in order to raise some money, primarily because he wanted to go to a scientific conference. And everyone was hard up in those days, and uh, that included Brenda, and she was hoping to scrape together enough to make this trip to an international meeting.
1: How did you feel about the way that she was portrayed in the papers.
3: I was disgusted, frankly, and quite horrified because it was totally, uh, if you like, incongruous in relation to the person that we all knew. Um, We were quite convinced that it was purely an innocuous device to raise some cash and that um, there was nothing more to it than that. But, uh, if you like, uh, people put two and two together and made five or six in a totally unjustified manner and we found it really quite disgusting.
1: Did you feel that Brenda's image was totally distorted? following Yes, I think phone?
3: so. I think that's a fair statement. Um, people who knew nothing about the circumstances of the case uh, drew conclusions coloured by these newspaper reports, which were really quite erroneous.
1: There's a lot more to that interview and the important work Brenda was in charge of. But for now, let's get back to the courtroom and the first witness of the day.
4: Are you Aileen Carlin? Yes. Tell us your age, please.
1: 75.
4: Were you friendly with Brenda Page?
1: I was friendly with Brenda. Uh,
4: Do you recognise that as a photograph of Brenda? I do,
1: yes, that's Brenda. She first met Brenda as a student at Glasgow University. Brenda was doing her PhD and she would do hers two years later. They shared a room in the genetics department. She knew that Brenda was in a relationship with Kit as she'd met him because he worked in the virology department, which was in the building next door to them, linked by a corridor, and he would occasionally come over to see Brenda. She started in 1970, and Brenda started in 1968.
4: Did Brenda ever express any concerns to you about her relationship with (coughs) Kit Harrison?
1: After Brenda left Glasgow, uh, she contacted me And asked if she could stay the night with us, as um, she was concerned, well, that Kit had hit her and she'd had to go to hospital. She was concerned about going back to her and Kit's house that night and asked if she could come and stay with us.
4: Do you remember which year that was?
1: I can't remember exactly when it was. You know that? It was after, it would be after Brenda left Glasgow and went to Aberdeen.
4: You would know that they subsequently got married?
1: They got married in 1972.
4: Now, was the occasion that you've just described when Brenda spoke with you and stayed with you, was that before or after the marriage?
1: After the marriage.
4: Prior to the marriage, did she ever? ...express any concerns about the relationship?
1: As far as I can remember, she had some concerns about... ...more about Kit's well-being, and she expressed them. Right.
4: Did she seem confident about the marriage improving things?
1: I wasn't aware that she was not confident of that. I see.
4: When Brenda told you about her being hit, did she say where she had been hit?
1: She said, well... She said she thought there was a problem with her eye. So it would have been her head, she said, that had been hit. She felt that she may have... Well, she'd gone to accident and emergency and there was concern she had a detached retina, so...
4: According to her, was that in relation to the blow which she had received?
1: Yes, well, that was my understanding.
4: Did she ever make any mention of having measles, for example?
1: Not that I was ever aware of.
0: All right, thank you. Is it Mrs Carlin?
1: Dr Carlin. Dr Carlin. He began by going over the timescale again of her starting university and when she was aware of Kit and Brenda meeting.
0: So far as Brenda's, if you like, pre-marriage concerns were uh, involved, and so far as your own observations were involved, did, did you consider Kit to be a bit eccentric?
1: Yes, I would have said he was a bit eccentric.
0: Insofar as Brenda's complaints to you about what happened post the marriage, those were things that she told you? Yes. You never saw any violence between Dr. Harrison and Brenda?
1: No, I didn't see anything.
0: And am I right in saying that in 1973, when... uh, brenda moved away you didn't see her again after that
1: no we didn't have close contact after that
0: thank you very much with linkedin jobs we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need marketing wizards found them
1: software engineers found that project manager i could never seem to hire and found
0: LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.
4: Are you Anne Louise Lemon? I am. Tell us your age, please. 81. Did you get to know Brenda Page? I did. When did you first meet Brenda Page?
2: I believe I first met her at a party at her house.
1: She explained that she'd been invited to a party at Brenda and Kit's house through some mutual friends around 1973. Brenda had confided in her about the problems in her marriage.
2: We used to sometimes meet for tea in the... um, children's hospital, canteen, and then go back to work. Yes. Um, And I think on one occasion there, she told me that her husband's behavior could be unpredictable. Um, And that I think she loved him very much. She wanted her marriage to work, but she was concerned that his behavior was sometimes unpredictable.
4: Did she ever make any reference to any physical contact between the two of them?
2: No. Not at that time.
4: Not at that time, okay. Did there come a time when she did make reference to that?
2: Yes, she did.
4: When would that be?
2: Um, I can't quite remember the time, <coughs> but over a period of time, she told me that she had been afraid and had run to the police on a couple of occasions. Certainly on one occasion she had run to the police station at the top of the lane behind their house, which was on Midstocket Road. Yeah.
4: Did she tell you the detail of what it was that she went to the police about?
2: Just that he had been aggressive towards her, physically aggressive. Right. Where
4: did these conversations take place?
2: In, usually, in the hospital. Sometimes if I was, even after I went to the university, if I was actually working on site at Forrester Hill, we would meet for a coffee.
4: Did you know that at one point she lived at Mile End Place?
2: I did. Yes,
4: and did she move from there to Allen Street?
2: She moved from there to Allen Street, yes. Did she say anything about her
4: leaving End Place?
2: Yes, I believe at that time she was divorced and um, she wasn't able to acquire the monies that were awarded to her in her divorce and she was struggling to find a deposit for a flat and uh, she eventually bought a flat in Allen Street ...and moved out of Mylen Place.
4: Did she say if she left Mylen Place willingly?
2: That's very hard to say. I, I feel she, she felt she had to leave.
1: She was asked if Brenda had ever shown her bruises, and she said no. She also said she didn't believe Brenda returned to the marital home after leaving.
4: When she was living in Allen Street... Did she ever express any concern about Kit visiting her
2: there? Yes, she did.
4: And what did she say about that?
2: Um, I had been to visit. I think I only went to Allen Street once, actually. And we had a coffee. And I think we were going out somewhere. And she said that when she got back, she thought papers on her table had been rearranged and she thought possibly someone had been in her flat and she was concerned that Kit might have, her husband might have, keys to her flat.
4: Did she express any other concern about how entry might be gained to the flat apart from a key?
2: She did talk about um, a window at the back of her her flat that she would like to secure. I think that was the only thing that she was concerned about.
4: Now, you touched on some of the financial arrangements that that she had. Uh, Did you get the impression that she was struggling a bit financially?
2: I believe that she had taken a mortgage that was very large for her. Yes. And that she would like to reduce the size of that mortgage as soon as she could. Um, I think she had asked her husband to produce the money that she'd been awarded, but he had been aggressive in return and she said she would never ask for it again.
4: Did she have additional employment to help her? She did. What was that?
2: She had seen an advertisement in either the Press and Journal or the Evening Express, I can't quite remember now, And it was asking for people to go to entertain people in the oil industry for dinner at the Treetops Hotel. And it occurred to her that A, she was interested in people in the oil business because she was doing some research um, which related to people in the oil business. She wouldn't have to cook, so it wouldn't have to take time, and she could be back in the lab. She could have a free dinner, not have to cook or clear up, and be back into the lab to check on her samples.
4: Did she tell you where she would meet people?
2: Yes, at the Treetops Hotel. In Aberdeen? Yes.
4: Did she ever make any reference to you about Kit Harrison knowing about her association with other men?
2: No, she didn't. At that time, I was very busy and travelling quite a lot, so I didn't really see very much of her in the uh, probably before she died. I did see her once or twice.
1: The court heard she was interviewed by the police on July 23rd, 1978. When you spoke with the police in 1978,
4: did you do your best to tell the truth to the police?
2: I did. In fact, Brenda had asked me to tell the police if anything should happen to her in unusual circumstances, that I should tell the police straight away that her husband would be responsible. And I told them that on that day.
4: Uh, do you see there? It's written. She knew that I didn't agree with the idea of her joining the agency.
2: Mm.
4: For the reason, and for, and for that reason, she didn't speak a lot about it to me. Is that what it says in the statement?
2: Yes, it does. And is that true? Yes, that is true. She I was, f- was very concerned about the type of agency that it sounded and to be, and and that. She had a senior post in the university and.
4: There's yeah. the I next sentence. It
2: might be to her disadvantage.
4: Yeah. Does the next sentence say this? She was frightened that Kit would follow her, but she never told me whether he did or not.
2: Yes, she was. Is that true? Yes.
4: Does it go on? He obviously knew that she was keeping company with other male persons because she told me that he referred to it as, quote, her whoring, unquote. Is that true?
2: I, I believe it was.
4: Right. It's, it's a I long time I, since you gave this yeah. statement.
2: It is a long time, and I believe that it was correct at that time.
4: Right. And it's, it's written... It's very
2: difficult to to know exactly what she said at this 45 years later. Of course. Uh, yeah, abs- no one's
4: criticising you at all. <laughs> but, uh, However,
2: I have confidence that I told the truth at that time. Right. OK.
4: Now, could you turn to page four, please? Now, I asked you a moment ago if you remembered ever seeing any injury on Brenda. You told us you couldn't remember that. Is that correct?
2: I, I, I don't believe I did see any injury. No.
4: OK. At the bottom of page four, do you see, just in the third last line, a sentence, about three years ago, when they split up. Yes. She took some of her property to my house when she left Mile End Place.
2: Yes, I lived quite nearby. Right.
4: And is that true?
2: Yes. I'm sure it was. Does it
4: go on at this time? Brenda told me that Kit had physically kicked her out of the house. Is that what it says in the statement? Yes. Is that true?
2: I do not remember that particular... I do not remember seeing the bruises after this time, but I do know that she was very frightened.
4: Yes. Does it go on in the statement... She had bruises on her legs and she was upset because she didn't know what to do to prove that he was ill-treating her. Is that what it says in the statement?
2: Yes. I believe she felt when she went to the police that it was recorded, but there was no action to protect her.
4: Yes. But... Did you say that to the police in 1978?
2: I may have done. I can't remember. All right. I'm sorry.
4: But you agree it's written there in that document?
2: Yes. If if it's here, I probably did. Yes, I would have done.
4: Okay. Does it go on to say this? I got the impression (coughs) that she felt lucky that she hadn't suffered worse injury.
2: I'm sure that was true.
4: And does that paragraph conclude, she said she was worried that if she went back to the house, he would kill her? Is is that what you said to the police? Yes. And was that true? Yes. you. Okay. Did you visit uh, Brenda often at her home in no. Allen Street? No. No,
2: I, I only think I went there once. I went to collect her, and she... It might have been twice, actually. She had a new camera and she wanted to practice taking some photographs of different exposures and she took some photographs of me in her garden. I remember that on one occasion. Okay.
0: All right, thank you very
2: much. Thank you.
0: Mrs Lemon, when you first met Brenda Page, uh, were you and she... Quite friendly.
2: Um, We became friends, yes, because we both worked on the um, hospital site.
0: And during the time of her marriage, did she talk to you at all or confide in you at all about whether or not she and her husband wanted children?
2: I think she would have liked children, yes. Yes.
0: Uh, When you say, I think she would have, is that just a feeling you got, or is that something she told you?
2: Yes, I think she did say that, but I think her career was probably more important at that time. So she certainly didn't say that she wanted children then.
0: (laughs) Okay. Now, you said that she told you a variety of things. Yes involving her husband being aggressive towards her. Yes. Or having assaulted her.
2: Yeah.
0: These are basically just things that she told you. Yes. And when she told you about going to the police in relation to the matter, did she indicate to you whether or not any action was taken by the police?
2: Yes. I understood there was no action, but they had recorded it.
0: So they had recorded her complaint, if you like. Yes. But hadn't done anything about it. Is That
2: that, that was your understanding? That's what I understood. Okay.
0: Now, amongst the things that she told you, Mm -hmm. did she tell you that she had been awarded a sum of money in her divorce action? Yes. And did she tell you that she had not received that sum of money? Yes, she did. Did she, in fact, specifically tell you that her husband had refused to pay her that money?
2: She told me that... ..he believed he needed to sell the house in Myland Place in order to pay it. And as he needed to live there... He wasn't able to give it to
0: her. So your understanding from what Dr Brenda Page told you was that she had been awarded a sum of money which she had never received? Yes. Like, I suppose, many other things, whether that's true or not, you wouldn't know. No. So far as her husband was concerned, Dr Harrison... Was he studying a PhD during the time that you knew Dr. Page?
2: I believe he was.
0: And were you aware of the fact that at some point he graduated in respect of that PhD?
2: Yes, I was.
0: So far as his graduation is concerned, did you understand that he had taken an American lady to his graduation? A friend of his.
2: I believe that was true. Yes, I believe Brenda said that. Yeah. And
0: despite everything else that she had told you, did you understand that Brenda was very upset at the fact she wasn't taken to the graduation and felt rejected?
2: Possibly, but I don't remember that very well. OK.
0: But we can have a quick look, perhaps, at your statement in due course to see whether or not mm. that's what you told the police. I, but, I
2: may have done at that time.
0: Uh, and if you did, I take it that would be true?
2: Yes, I, I, I believe the statement as it was written was true.
0: In respect of what she told you about leaving Mile End Police uh, and not having any desire to go back and being afraid she would be killed, would it be a surprise to you to find that she was back at that house looking after animals within a few months of moving into Allen Street? Yes, it would. You said something to the, the ladies and gentlemen about the fact that she had another job, which I think you described as to entertain people in the oil industry. And you had concerns about that job.
2: Yes. What what were
0: your concerns?
2: I think I was concerned that it was an escort agency and I was concerned about what might be required of her after the meal.
0: Did you think that there might be sexual activity involved in that?
2: It bothered me that it might be. However, she was a strong woman.
0: I didn't catch that, I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) She was a strong woman and denied that that would be the case. It was a very limited advertisement for people to have dinner with people at the treetops, which was a public place.
0: Indeed. I don't suppose they would necessarily advertise for people to have sex with people in the press Quite. and journal, would they? Quite. <laughs> Could you turn to page seven for me, please? Does it say there when Kit graduated three to four weeks ago? Yes. Yeah. So we know this statement was the twenty-third of July, nineteen seventy-eight. So you would appear to be talking around about a time of the summer of seventy-eight, in any event. When Kit graduated three to four weeks ago, he took an American girl to the graduation. And as Brenda, it says, had been invited, I think, she was terribly upset at having been rejected. Hmm. Is that what it says? It does. Uh, And although, and it's no criticism and no surprise, although you don't remember that necessarily now, If you told the police that at the time, that would be true, presumably.
2: Yes, I I believe I did. I must have told them that. I didn't see this document as such recently. I think I saw a transcript. A a typewritten version? Yes.
0: Um, I I, I don't know whether...
2: I (coughs) I don't think this much detail was in that transcript...
0: Well, I don't think it's in dispute that the transcript's no different from okay. what I've just read out to you. OK. So far as the property at Allen Street is concerned, I think you said you think you visited it once, possibly twice. Yes. Yes. And there was an occasion, and if I I noted what you said correctly, you said that when you got back, or when she got back to the house, she thought some of her papers had been moved and she thought someone might have been in the property. Yeah. Is that how I got that right? Yes. Do you know if she ever reported that to the police? No, I don't. Again, the idea that she might have a concern about Kit being at the flat at Allen Street. Would it surprise you if she had given him a key to the property and asked him to attend at the flat in order to look after a cat?
2: I would have been astonished, yes.
0: Because if all the things she was telling you were true...
2: That wouldn't really make an awful lot of sense.
0: (laughs) No. Thank you very much.
4: You were asked about the financial arrangement following the divorce and Mm -hmm. that Brenda had complained that she hadn't received money as part of the settlement. Do you know if that was all of the settlement or
2: part of the settlement? I think it could have been part of the settlement. I think she mentioned a sum of 20,000 or something like that. Okay. At that time.
4: Uh, You were also asked about your view having regard to the background of Kit Harrison going to her flat on occasions later. So far as you could tell, despite what Brenda had told you about the nature of the relationship, what impression did you have with regard to her affection for Kit Harrison?
2: I think, as I mentioned, I think she was very attracted to Kit, both physically and intellectually, and therefore she really wanted the marriage to work. Thank
1: you. Two more friends of Brenda, two more accounts of her fear that her husband would kill her. And the revelation that she'd gone to the police, had asked for help and did not feel protected. In the next episode of the storyteller, Naked Villainy, was Kit's green mini parked outside the hotel where Brenda was meeting clients.
0: I'd seen a green, uh, a green countryman on Thursday, the 13th of July, 1978,
1: at about 9.35pm. A friend of Kit's contacted the police with a tip-off.
3: I had heard a rumour that the assailant had gained entry to her property by removing a pane of glass. I therefore felt that what I knew uh, was potentially relevant.
1: And the night before the murder, Kit was heard begging to be let into Brenda's flat.
2: It was uh, somebody (laughs) pleading with Brenda to let him
1: in. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate and review as it makes a huge difference to guiding people to hearing this important story. This is an entirely independent production and your support is greatly appreciated. And if you want to hear exclusive interviews, longer episodes and insights, please head to the Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. This is a piece of history and you are for the first time in this format witnessing justice being done.